Here at The Planning Podcast, we believe that half of financial literacy is about knowledge. Now that other half, now that's about lifestyle. It's the way you live. It's the way you move. So together, we are going to demystify this good old world of finance and wealth building through our intentional guests and dialogue. Make sure you subscribe, stay tuned, and of course, stay planning. Good people, Isaac Cooper here. Welcome to the new segment at the Planning Podcast that we call our Hot 15. This is where we take a break from the full show and give you some quick, relevant, and interesting information you should be thinking about. Let's get into it. Hey, Megan, how are we doing today? Hello. (laughs) Looking forward to talking about this stuff with you. Good to see (laughs) you. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And and it was was pretty... um, it was pretty sporadic. I, I think um, you and I saw an article. I pretty much hit you up and said, hey, I think folks need clarity around this. And um, and let's just let's jump right in. So the public service loan forgiveness. There has been at least I know for myself, two or three articles in which it you see that big number. Ninety nine percent declined or ninety nine percent rejected. Right. Just the. All right, then what's what's the point of me even applying? So could you give some context around just the public service loan forgiveness, 99 percent? How how should we react to that information? Oh, yeah. I wish I could take this article down Um, because I I feel like anybody, everybody knows about this article, even if they don't have student loans, they know about this article. And Basically, uh, so maybe let me set the stage and just explain that PSLF is relatively newer of a program. It was enacted in 2007. So the first time we could have ever seen forgiveness on this program because it's forgiveness after 120 qualifying payments uh, for people who work in, in the public sector. Uh, so the first time we could have seen forgiveness was late 2017. And, um, you know, around that time, it was still kind of new, like no one had gone through the forgiveness process. So um, 2017, 2018, people applied for it. There was a large rejection number, but I think it's for different reasons, Um, different reasons than people think. It's not because the program is broken, per se. Um, but that article, if you break apart the math, literally in that article that talks about the 99% rejection rate, you can pick out why it happened or how it happened and how they came up with this number. And about 80%, I want to say of that 99% number is because one of two reasons, um, one people applied prematurely and that means they hadn't really hit 120 payments yet. And I think that's because of a couple of reasons, I think one, um, people, I think the misconception is that PSLF is a 10 year program and it is, but more technically it's 120 qualifying payments. So if you missed a payment or if you like left service for a year and then came back or something, you know, you're going to be, you're not perfectly on that 10 year time frame, if that makes right. sense. And, um, so I think, you know, that's that's one misconception. I think people applied thinking that they had hit 10 years when they didn't really count up how many payments they actually made. Um, but I also think there was a big buzz about it around then, like 2017, 2018. I think people heard like, oh, you can finally apply for PSLF. And 
I think people just applied to see what would happen, honestly. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, so it really inflated that rejection number, honestly. And uh, I also feel like, you know, it, it, people who hadn't hit 120 payments yet, it didn't mean that they weren't on track. It just meant that they hadn't gotten there yet. Um, so I wish that was articulated better in that article because it doesn't mean, oh, I'm just going to throw my hands up. Like this program sucks. I'm not going <laughs> to try to pursue it. It was just, you have to do your due diligence, just like with anything to check the box, make sure you get there. Um, and then the second biggest reason was because people didn't file what's called an employment certification form. And that's where you um, get your employer to sign off on your employment dates and that you were full time to confirm that you actually did the service. So again, it didn't mean that people weren't on track. It just meant that people had to get that form submitted to confirm that they did work those, um, you know, full time in public service for those 120 payments. So those are the biggest reasons. <laughs> so I'll throw that out there to make people maybe not as scared of the program. Um, there are, of course, other reasons why people got denied because they didn't have the right loans or they um, weren't on an income-driven plan, which, you know, this is in part your due diligence uh, responsibility. You have to make sure that you're checking these boxes. Um, and so, that, but that was a small percentage compared to you know, the applying prematurely and not submitting that form. So that's why that article gets me so like, uh, because it's it's so misleading and it scares people away from a program that could be really good for some people who either just are already in it or who naturally their career is going to take you take them that way that that could be a really great option for. So not something to be scared about. <laughs> that's good. That's That's really, that's good to know. It's you know, it's funny. I'm I'm thinking about someone that may have fifty, sixty thousand dollars of student loans, and they may have been a teacher for you know eight months, right? And then transition into the private sector. They hear about PSLF and they're like, "Yeah, I'm I'm gonna apply." You know, I'm gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> let me see if yeah. I at least get you know you know five grand. You know, maybe partial. Mm-hmm. And so I, I can definitely see just the with the newness of the. Um, mm-hmm. um, opportunity that those that may not really know if they qualify or not, they may overload or skew some of the numbers. Um, And then as well, just some of the technical aspects, right, of of applying and getting approved and, and, and really why folks need, you know, like expertise like yourself, right, to be able to walk them through, make sure those boxes are checked. Um, Because ironically enough, some of these student loan providers haven't been, we'll just say, educating or ensuring mm-hmm. some of the paperwork um, has been processed the, the right way. Prime example, and this is all public information, Navient. Can you share with us some of the, just the lawsuits that have manifested with Navient and, and the reason why that there's been some settlements as, as well? Yeah. So Navient, Navient, I don't really know how to say it. I don't think anybody does. Um, but <laughs> They, uh, they've gotten into a lot of trouble for not proactively helping people get on PS or get on track for PSLF. And um, I will say, frankly, that that is simply, well, first and foremost, it's because Navient is not responsible for the program. So there is one company within the federal system 
Uh, so one contracted company that they have deemed responsible for administering, monitoring, and answering questions about public service loan forgiveness. And that company is Fed Loan Servicing. So if you're with a different servicer, that's totally possible because there's lots of different servicers that they contract to just manage the federal student loans, um, collect payments, track payments, help you with you know repayment options, things like that. But Fed Loan Servicing is who's responsible for PSLF. And so Navient was getting in a lot of trouble because they weren't proactively helping people navigate PSLF. And they also weren't forthcoming about the fact that that's not, they're not in charge of it. They're not responsible for it. Um, So one way to quickly get out from under whichever servicer you're on that's not Fed loan is to submit that employment certification form I was talking about. Um, that form you take your, to your employer, confirms that you're working full-time in public service. You mail it to FedLoan for the first time if you don't already have them as your servicer. And then what they do is they move your loans over from Navient or whichever servicer you're at to FedLoan Servicing. So they do that all behind the scenes. And you want to do that. It's not required. Um, so some of the stuff in there was interesting because they're there were some complaints about payments not being counted while at Navient. That's you don't have to be under Fed loan for your payments to count. Fed loan is going to go back and audit all payment history that was brought over by your previous servicer. So it's not something that you have to panic and think, "Oh my gosh, none of my payments are going to count right now because I'm at a different servicer." They will. There's just more of a chance of error because it's not under the. Uh, the the head honcho, I guess, for PSLF. <laughs> so, but that's that's one way to proactively get on the ball with moving the loans over to Fed Loan. And you can also make sure you print like payment history from your existing servicer to make sure that that all carries over correctly. Um, you don't have to, but that's a good like precautionary measure if you wanted to um, have that on record for yourself. But those are some of the the big issues is they just weren't proactively telling people that, hey, you need to submit this form and you're going to leave us and go to Fed loan. <laughs> that wasn't a conversation they were having. And they they weren't as familiar with the requirements for PSLF because they don't have to be. So they got in a lot of trouble, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> this is good. This is really good. And I'm I'm pretty sure that there is someone listening that um, they could be a firefighter. They could be um, a teacher. They could be a social worker um, working for a 501c3 in some type of capacity. And they've heard about PSLF and and really haven't been too convinced. And they may now be four years wor- working, been paying their student. What would you recommend to someone in regards of just the first initial steps to start mm-hmm. better positioning themselves to potentially take advantage of this um, of this forgiveness? Yeah, I think if you're in a qualifying position um, and you're working full-time and they determine that as at least 30 hours on average or more, unless your employer has a different definition for full-time. Um, and you've been on an income-driven plan, which you would know because you have to update your income every 12 months. If you've been doing that and you're curious about PSLF, if it makes sense, I would say absolutely the first step is just to submit that employment certification form. I've talked about that a lot, but that's really helpful 
to alert the federal system that you're pursuing it. It'll move your loans over if they're not already at Fed loan servicing. And it's going to count up any past qualifying payments you've made. So that form is retroactive. They they recognize payments that you make working through time, but they won't qualify them until they have that form on file because they don't know if you're going to be there next week. So they're not going to give you credit for it. Um, So that's absolutely first step. FedLoan will give you an update on how many qualifying payments you have working towards the 120. And they'll give you an estimated forgiveness deadline if you are consistent over time. Best part too is right now, um, payments are paused for all federal student loans because of the COVID student loan relief. Uh, This is free credit for PSLF right now. The the past 12 months since March when it started and until September 30th, we're going to get free credit for PSLF or for forgiveness timelines um, by law as long as you're working full-time in public service. So if you haven't done it already, now is a great time to submit that form and get everything organized and continue working that route. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is that is fantastic information. Again, this is why we uh, immediately reached out to the expert, um, the first certified student loan professional in the state of Georgia. Megan, how can the folks get a hold of you if they have any additional questions? Yeah, so you can reach out to me um, through my website, uh, financialcoachmegan.com. And Megan is spelled M-E-A-G-A-N. So uh, you can reach out to me there. I do free consultations to see if you know I can help um, as part of my financial coaching process. Um, and yeah, student loan planning, financial coaching, that's my bread and butter. So I'm happy to help where I can. <laughs> that's it. That's it. You're, hey, this is fantastic. And just a quick... Disclaimer about myself. So I'm grateful I didn't have any student loans because of, of an athletic scholarship. Um, but I've been able to learn, you know, from Megan and just the way in which she's been able to simplify the process. And so uh, just a great, great resource. So be sure you reach out. Megan, thank you for your time. We'll be back. It'll be something else. And we'll, we'll yeah. definitely be back. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh,